race car spelled backwards is still race car. Welcome to the race car spelled backwards podcast. Hey, what's going on everybody? My name is Brad. With me as always is Jamie and we are actually in Dallas, Texas right now. (laughs) But we are still recording and I don't know that we have a whole lot of good to talk about. I mean, there was a there was this thing they called a race that did happen at Martinsville Speedway this weekend. I'm just not so sure I would call it a race. And apparently 30,000 plus people also agreed with me on Jeff Gluck's poll. Jamie, what do you think? Was it a good race? Was it a race? It looked like traffic going to Atlanta on a Friday. It wasn't even bad traffic either. No, God dang, that thing was boring. You had two leaders, all race, basically. You had So we had four different leaders, five different lead changes. I must have slept through a couple of those leaders. Yeah, I don't remember. It was um, Austin Dillon, I believe, and Ryan Blaney led three laps between yeah, the, the two that. of them. <laughs> but you had Rick Hendricks got to be happy. I mean, he had Chase Elliott led the beginning of the race and obviously William Byron won the race by leading the end of the race and his grandson didn't bitch slap anybody yeah that's <laughs> does, I don't even think Rick Hendrick has a grandson to bitch slap somebody doesn't he have a daughter I don't I know he had I remember Ricky but that's kind of when yeah, Ricky died Ricky. when Ricky died he kind of adopted Jeff and then Jimmy I'm gonna but, go to that French website go gal you better watch out what you're going to over here. <laughs> you know, tell them what you'll be ordering. Rick and so, Ricks. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a very uneventful race. I mean, really, guys, you know, we had four total cautions. Two of those cautions were stage breaks. One was for a single car accident, and then Denny Hamlin got slow on the track pulling out a caution. And, look, we're at a .5 mile track. That is next to Bristol. That's as short as it comes. And then you had the Coliseum was short. It was a quarter mile, but the Coliseum put on a better race than what we saw at Martinsville. I thought the Coliseum was a good race. I was very excited for the whole season. I what happened. I've been excited for this whole season, every race, except for Phoenix, Richmond, now Martinsville they're just uneventful so I leave those tracks coming off with like hey I got nothing good to say at all and like I said on that Jeff Gluck poll 19% of the people said it was a good race what I want to know what are those 19% drinking because I don't think a a whole lot of alcohol was going to make that race become any good no no and I started drinking halfway through. It didn't improve it any. I saw one thing where they said the temps, the track temps, was causing the, the tires not to lay rubber down. So, well, you can see it didn't. You know, usually when it rubbers up, you see black. Well, they showed the graphic on Fox on that showed the track at the beginning, and they then showed something useful. I don't even know how bad Fox's coverage was because this race was so bad. It didn't matter what the coverage was like. It wasn't going to make an improvement to the racing whatsoever. I recorded it, watched it without any commercials, fast forward the commercials. And then I thought maybe I'd missed something. So I went through to, I just fast forward to the cautions. And I was done with the whole race and... 30 seconds. I don't think you missed anything at all. It was to the point where usually when I get up and go do something or go get a drink or whatever, just walk away from the TV, I usually pause it because I don't want to miss anything. Obviously, we have this show that we we kind of need to know what happened during the race so we can have this show. Otherwise, this would only be a 15-minute podcast. But I didn't even have to pause the race and I didn't miss anything. Everything was just the same. I come back, nothing's happened. Nobody's passed. Nobody's gotten close. Nothing. I mean, 
halfway through the race, Clint Boyer was even making comments on what can NASCAR do to fix this. I mean, I don't know what to do to fix it. Clint asked Chad Knauss what he would do to fix it, and you know, Chad didn't really have an answer. It got so bad. Ten minutes of the race was the banter before between Clint and Chad Knauss. And they do and it. And you know what? I was like, this is more interesting than the race. Yeah, I thought they did a good job. I yeah, I, I love I love having um, another crew chief in the booth, which just goes to show we need a crew chief in the booth. We do. We've got a driver with Boyer, we've got an analyst with Joy, and we need really they they've got a crew chief on staff. They have America's crew chief, Larry McReynolds. Slide him in. I don't. I wonder if it's a Larry thing or if it's a Fox thing. I would almost bet Larry doesn't. Want well, I mean, Larry's older. He's married. He's got kids. I mean, his, I think he's probably got grandkids as old as he is. I don't. His son's a spotter, isn't he? Yeah. For one of the drivers, Brandon McReynolds. Yep. I don't know if he has kids. His other daughter's marrying that other race car driver. I don't know who that is either. Obviously, we weren't planning to talk about the lineage of the McReynolds family. Well, you know, Larry Mack told me once, he says, you know you're getting old when your balls sag so low they hit the toilet bowl when you're sitting on it. Larry told you that? Yeah. I'm not there yet, but... Larry McReynolds, or...? Larry, Larry Mack, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I... I said, how do you know when you're at that age? And he goes, well, the ball's cold. <laughs> I, th- I thought there was some secret, okay. some wisdom, but that was all he gave me. He tell you to stand up before you flush. <laughs> he said he was at the age where he sits, even when he pees. Hey, hey, we it, don't judge. You know what? Good for him. Well, I think Fox should definitely, if Larry Mack was interested, they should bring him in the booth. I mean, next weekend we have um, DW. He's going to be in the booth on Easter Sunday. That'd be fun, but I. I really like Larry Mack. I mean, you watch him on NASCAR Hub, he's great. Well, even during the race, they bring him in for just commentary, color commentary or whatever they call that. So they'll bring him in. And he and Chad, I mean, I like how you see someone that was just the crew chief and Larry Mack, who, what, 20 years ago was one or longer? So does it bother you? Chad Knauss being in the booth and being such a important part of Hendrick Motorsports, does that aspect bother you whatsoever? I mean, the way I see NASCAR, it's a family sport. Yeah. It really is. And, you know, him working for Hendricks and calling the race for NASCAR, it's it's like him helping out a cousin. Well, it's no different than Dell Jr. doing it. When NBC's got the races, when Junior gets in the booth on Saturday. And uh, he owns cars. Yeah. Naturally, you're going to be biased, but I think Chad's got so much knowledge that even if he is biased towards his drivers, which I don't think he was, I think he knew more about their situation and what they were going through at the track than the other drivers, but naturally he should because they're his drivers. And we've had some people in the booth that didn't deserve to be there. Yeah, and we're not going to name her name or anything like no, that. No. We never call her out. I'm not going to call anything about her. Yeah, so... But she's in a swimsuit issue. <laughs> she did better in that swimsuit issue than she did in the booth. Well, you know, <laughs> I really like Haley Deegan. I was never a big Danica Patrick fan. Speaking of Haley Deegan, so I was watching that truck race for Thursday night. I almost missed the truck race, by the way, because I forgot it was on a Thursday night. But, dude, Johnny Sauter going into one of the four turns, he didn't even attempt to turn left. He hit Haley Deegan right in the driver's side door and let her bounce him into the turn. Dude, I I mean, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it. They don't respect her. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe she needs to wreck some people. I remember, 
I cannot remember her name now, and I feel really bad for this, but it was on one of those pre-race Daytona shows, and I think that Janet lady yes, used to run. Yes, yes, Guthrie. That's it. Yes. Yeah. So she didn't she, do too bad. Well, she said Terry Labonte, I think, who it was one time, got in her car and run some laps in it, and maybe it wasn't Terry, but. I feel like it was Terry Labonte got, but got out of the car after he'd run those laps, and he was commenting on how the other drivers, they thought it was her, so they just kept running all over him, because they weren't going to get beat by a girl. Do you think that runs through some of these guys' minds? I think it does somewhat. I think the younger people, it doesn't. The younger drivers, Johnny Sauter. Yeah, but do you have that kind of time? Like, when you're coming up on her... Do you, I know I wouldn't, but... Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, do you actually have time to let it trigger in your mind that, oh, this Haley Deegan, that's a girl. I can't get beat by a girl. At I'm not going to get beat point, by a girl. Though, without having success, and she's had a ton of bad luck. Oh, no doubt. Well, it's, I don't she's even call done. it bad luck. She's got to have some success. It's just rookies. She's had rookie mistakes, but... I don't think she's going to be able to show what she can really do in a truck. I think the truck series is really becoming the garbage series. And unfortunately, I think they're about to run off Matt Crafton. When that happens, I don't know what hope they're going to have left. They're just going well, to go out there and be beat the... Crash Derby. Yeah, that's what I mean. When I call it the garbage series, it's, it's heck, it's some of the most entertaining racing it to watch. It is entertaining. But it's garbage. They just beat each other to death. They're bouncing off each other. There's no respect. But yeah. don't you think that's trickling in with the younger drivers, even the Cup? Oh, no doubt. You see it in the Xfinity Series. I think you get a little more respect in the Xfinity Series because you got some older guys who I have been there. You didn't see any respect Saturday night. No, that's no not, I'm sorry, Friday. Friday night, no. That's a fact. <laughs> Let's go ahead and talk about that because that was entertaining. So, going into the last lap, Ty never does anything wrong, Gibbs. But praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Gibbs. So it makes it okay. Pastor Gibbs. Going in the turn, Sam Mayer just lays it in there. I don't think Sam Mayer did anything necessarily wrong either. I think he was driving aggressive, but, I mean, obviously Ty's not going to give him no room. So Sam goes in there deep, gets into Ty. Ty did not wreck. Ty did not lose the race in dead last. Ty still finished the race. Heck, last week Ty moved his own teammate out of the way. He can put it out there, but he can't take it back. Then Ty jumps out of the car. According to Ty, Sam came up to him. According to Fox and everybody else well, in America watching it, I mean... Ty goes up to Sam, kind of just... Talk, he's jabbering on, and I'm sure they weren't talking about, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Next thing you know, Sam's in the process of taking his helmet off. Ty pops him, punches right him. Right when the chin part is yeah. over his eyes. Which was what the heck? Ty, I mean, it's I don't know, man. It's just it. Ty should have took his dang helmet off in the car. You know, you're going to talk crap. You know, it could start a fight. Why not be ready? Rules, third grade, winter fighting in the playground. If you say, I want to get my jacket off, no, the third grader doesn't run up and punch you in the face where you're getting your arms out of your jacket. That's just playground rules. Not to mention the fact he hit him so freaking hard in the cool-down lap <laughs> that... Yeah, Sam that's was probably issue, man. Sam was probably dazed from that hit during the cooldown lap. I don't know. I, I just man, it's just such a chicken crap move. Like, take your dang helmet off, go after him, hit him. I'm all about boys have at it. I'm all about fight it out. Heck, I love it actually. The best part of the of the Martinsville weekend, maybe not the best part of the Martinsville weekend, but what everybody's going to talk about for the next four or five weeks is Sam Mayer and Ty Gibbs. But Ty Gibbs is never going to live this down. I mean, look at it's over. and It's over for Ty. He will always be a bad boy. Uh-huh. He might... Look, 
I know Ty's grand. He's even made the comments that his grandmother don't like to see him be a hothead on TV. You don't want to see him be a hothead. His granddad don't want to see him do it. You know they don't they, and that's that's very obvious. I think Jeff Gluck even pointed it out on the Teardown podcast. It's obvious that they want him to be respectful because as soon as you watch his interviews, it's oh thank you so much for this. You know he's a very respectful kid, but I think. I think is he, he sincere? No, I think he's a hothead. I think what you saw Saturday, Friday night, is the real Ty Gibbs. What you've seen every weekend just about with him on the track, moving people out of the way, putting you in the wall. He don't care. He don't care if you're his teammate. He don't care if you're his buddy. He does not care. And I'm okay with that, but own it. Kyle Busch, but, he's I a mean, prick. Is his he dad, owns it. Is his granddad like him? Like who? Like Ty Gibbs, like I've I was, I've met Joe Gibbs a couple times. Well, and he's he always been super nice. Yeah, we, in a men's Sunday school, we all read his book and discussed it. Very heartfelt Christian book on really how to be a Christian man and how it pertained to Joe Gibbs' life. But look at his other drivers. His grandson fits in with him. Oh, only one that stands out at this point is Christopher Bell. Yeah. And he's going to get his butt whooped if he's not careful. I mean, you got outspoken Denny Hamlin who has something to say about everything. Well, someone's just going to, you know, a spotter is just going to go, Gibbs car, Gibbs car. Yeah, Gibbs car, get out of the way. Call, call Cody Ware, Gibbs car. Watch out, here he comes, coming through. With his new, new Jimmy Neutron drug car. What's it called, Neutrinic? Nutriac. Uh, we went over this last week. I'm gonna drop it. Yeah. Just <laughs> listen. To, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and you'll know what kind of sponsorship. Do you see the white 15 this weekend? Yes. No sponsors. Like NASCAR didn't even approve of this car. They was zero. <laughs> <There> was <laughs> the not numbers. Even, not even a Goodyear sticker. No. All Six they had. Goodyear sticker. All they had was just straight up NASCAR stickers. 100. percent So. Well, the drivers were pretty outspoken about this weekend's race, so I made some notes on what the drivers said. You know, Denny Hamlin, I thought, actually had the best comment of the weekend when he said, certainly we want to put on a better product than this. I agree. Yeah, I want a better product. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine being one of those fans who bought tickets? And it, those poor fans bought tickets for a 500-mile race, Lost a hundred or a five hundred lap race. Lost. I think they were glad they lost a hundred laps. Yeah, but think race. of that emotional roller coaster. You go from a high of excitement. I bought my race tickets to I just lost a hundred laps of one of the best races of the year. To why couldn't this be a hundred lap race? Because what I just saw sucked. I would be highly pissed off if I bought tickets to that. Maybe NASCAR should give them a free K and N ticket. Give them a free ticket to the next race at Martinsville, truck race, and Xfinity. Yeah, just say I'm sorry. Or just say I'm sorry. <laughs> that would be just enough. I Admit mean, it. NASCAR's been pretty quiet. I would think they would respond. I mean, the I, I think this is one of the worst races I've ever seen in my life. Excuse me. I'm sure. I don't know. I haven't listened to any NASCAR jabber today. And I was watching it when it was on TNN. Well, Denny Hamlin also said the flatter the tracks, the harder it makes these cars to pass. The quarter mile in California was pretty damn flat. I agree with that. So what did, was it because of tight quarters that made it good? Had to be, because... Wasn't Bristol the smallest track? Well, that was a... It's kind of about the same size as Martinsville, isn't it? Yeah, Bristol's a half mile. Yeah. So, but then you had a quarter mile at the Coliseum. But Bristol's not flat. So, let's just say you got Martin's... They did take some of the degrees off. Yeah, Bristol still got... Did they drop it to 24 degrees instead of 28? Yeah, it's the shortest super speedway on the <laughs> circuit because the way it funnels down. 38 degrees. Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh, that'd be awesome. Run 200 miles an hour around <laughs> Bristol at 38 degree banking. They can do a loop-to-loop -loop like the old Hot Wheels orange track. Another thing the drivers were complaining about was the aero push. So 
Brad Keselowski made a comment saying that the arrow push was a big issue. You could make up four or five seconds on a car, catch them, get to their rear bumper, but could not pass them because you couldn't get close enough to do what you needed to do. I don't know if that means bump them, move them, or just straight up pass them, but, you know, arrow push is a big problem. Um, Keselowski also said these cars still need a lot of work on short tracks. Blaney said the left side tires are not wearing out whatsoever. I mean, a lot of these guys, Denny and Bubba Wallace were even saying that they could hold off a slower car by arrow blocking the faster car. Denny said he held off the leader to stay, you know, one or two laps down only by arrow blocking him. You know what they need to do is give him a small nitrous canister. Like a, give him like a once you get one second shot. Isn't F one they got a pass button? I guess Indy. Indy. So this small canister when they're out, they're out. So you'd have to conserve that just like your tires. Well, wouldn't you just save it till the end of the race? Well, you got stages. Do you want stage points? Well, I guess you might have to use that to get to the end of the race. I don't know. That's a gimmick, though. Fans would hate it. Well, this car's a gimmick on short tracks. This car's a joke. No, it's not a gimmick, because a gimmick would entertain us. Yeah, this is not entertaining us whatsoever. But it's been fantastic. What sucks, man, is Martinsville's a cutoff race in the playoffs, and Phoenix is the final race of the year. Well, they're going to have to drop some PJ1. PJ1, they're going to take the tires off these things and make them run around on bald rims. <laughs> I mean, these cars absolutely suck. Anything one mile and below. Now, Bristol on dirt, it doesn't even count as a short no, track it really to me. Doesn't. I mean, it's such a beast of its own. I mean, Bristol night race will be completely different than Bristol dirt. So, to me, you don't throw Bristol dirt even in this whole discussion right now. But for years, fans have been saying what? We want more short tracks, right? But have they been saying we want more dirt? I don't know what I mean. How old the tweet was from Kyle Busch, but he said, and I don't. I think Richard Petty said it last year that dirt is taking the sport backwards. Kyle Petty said it. Is that what he said? Yeah, well, I probably mixed up some Kyles. Kyle said it. Yeah. Some Kyle somewhere yeah. racing. Kyle Petty said it on the NBC or somebody's podcast. I heard, um, I think Gluck and them were talking about it, but I agree with that. But I'm okay with dirt on, I'm not okay with dirt on Bristol because. I think it's just a waste of a race at Bristol. Yeah. I, let's get rid of Texas. Hell, let's put dirt on a mile and a half Texas. Yeah, let's put dirt on Texas. You know how cool that would actually be? Hey, screw dirt. Let's put gravel. That would be awesome. <laughs> like Georgia to, dirt, like, Georgia to, dirt road gravel too. You'd have to go like twenty roads back <laughs> so the fans rocks. don't get pummeled and murdered from the rocks shooting out of cars. You got a fence. You'd have to put up a screen, man. You couldn't do hundred and ninety on a dirt road safe. That would be awesome. <laughs> that would be amazing, actually. That Texas, we now know how to fix your racetrack. You're thinking about a repave? How about dirt and gravel? I'm telling you, I watched the, uh, what's his name, Robbie Gordon Super Truck race on the... Long Beach? Long Beach. Tongue tie. Long Beach road course. Dude, there was nothing more entertaining than that. that. And they only did 11 laps. And they're not made for that whatsoever. They got ramps in the middle. They're popping up 25 feet in the air. So is that what we need to do at Martinsville? Throw a ramp on the back straightaway? Well, I think that kind of goes under the... Uh, Have a joker lap? Is it racing or is it entertainment? I mean, why I can't it be? Guys, they were racing. But why can't it be both? It, well, this was both. Well, I mean, why can't it be, though? Would you... I'm, I think I said this last week. No one got hurt. Why would you watch something that's not entertaining? Well, Would you spend four hours of your we Sunday do this podcast? I watched the entire race. I might have recorded it so I could fast forward through the commercial. Took you two days. <laughs> it did take me two days, but because I was so shocked that there were so few cautions, and that 
I, I was shocked it was boring. Well, like, like we said on this show, we don't need caution flag or wrecks. I mean, we don't need wrecks to make a race interesting, but I want to see bumping and banging. We and had what we four have? leaders. Four leaders, five lead changes, 400 laps. That's ridiculous. On a half mile beating and banging track. I mean, look, we... Maybe we should invert after the stage. Maybe we should half... That would be awesome. Maybe we should invert half. Or just put Cody Ware in the... Yeah. <laughs> front. Bring Quint, bring Quint Half back. Bring Corey, Corey LaJoy can be next to him when they start double. No, because then Corey will think he's in less lesser equipment. Oh, he says that every... He'll have to talk about that on the... dimes and send them to him. Stacking nickels. Has better... Sending our coin star coins. <laughs> there you go. So, our COVID coins. Truck race is great. I mean, this whenever, whenever this happens, I think this makes it even worse. Like Richmond, the the race was Xfinity at Richmond. I don't even remember. Yeah. It sucks so bad, but. Well, that was better than the. Yeah, but that wasn't even a great race. But we come, uh, we come to Martinsville, and we. We expect greatness. Yeah, we had a very eventful truck race. We had Haley Deegan getting in somebody's butt at the end of the race on pit road. Then Sunday, Friday, we had a very entertaining Xfinity race, and then we had Ty and Sam fighting. Then Sunday, they show people on pre-race with boxing gloves. Well, not pre-race, but in the little commercial break things, you know, where it shows a driver. I remember seeing one of the drivers with his boxing gloves on. And then we get out there, and the cars can't even touch. It's, it's almost like they had similar magnets in the cars that pushed the two vehicles apart. They couldn't even get close enough to touch. I had that when I dropped an earbud in yeah. the engine bay and thought maybe it would be a good idea to pick it, up pitch with it out with a magnet. Didn't work, did it? No, it took me about another hour and a half. Well, that's the same. Sure shot that sucker. That's the same problem Joey Logano had when he was trying to catch William Byron to pass him for the win. He never could catch him. No, couldn't. Couldn't get close enough to pass him. So what do we do? How do we fix this problem? You know more about cars than I do. Is it the car? PJ one. We need. I mean, because it didn't rubber up, we never got two grooves. Do we need more horsepower? I think we give them a thousand horsepower. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. Well, then they have to figure out how to control it. Uh huh. They have. They'll have to conserve their tires. They'll have to control their foot. How much gas they give it. How little gas they can give it coming out of the corner. Why don't we go back to last year's car on the short tracks? <laughs> That's how bad Martinsville was. We're yeah, bad. I'm ready to go back. I'll take the 550 package. I'll take the 550 package. I mean. It- I've been so excited about this car, and it has not disappointed until we get to a little teeny weeny track. Like when we saw Phoenix, we're like, "Oh, but Phoenix is this sucked. can't get any worse." But Phoenix, to you know, to the credit of the car at least. What you kind of hoping though? Phoenix has sucked for years. Gonna make it better though. I was hoping, but I would when it didn't. I was like, "Okay, it's not a surprise." This is Phoenix. Yeah, and then Phoenix we go, sucks. then we go to Richmond, which we, me and my dad and some friends of ours, we used to go to the Richmond race quite often, and that was a good race to go to. I mean, there was always something. I won't say it was necessarily the Bristol beating and banging movie out of the way, but there was always two cars side by side racing somewhere in the pack that made it an enjoyable race to watch. Well, then we bring this new car to Richmond, and it's snooze fest then when you think it can't get any worse we go to historically one of the most entertaining tracks to watch a race at martinsville and it is almost the worst race in jeff gluck pole history so do we take one of the races from martinsville and go to bowman gray i would love to see that that'd be awesome i mean at this point why not you know this car works better on a quarter Some mile than a half a mile. Awesome. I don't know. Kevin Harvick made a comment, said that it's not the car, it's the gear ratios. Um, 
Well, he would know. He says the gear ratios are just way off at Martinsville. I don't know this, but are they required to run certain gears? I mean. I don't know. It's not something you've heard anyone discuss, not even the yeah. crew chiefs. They're not talking about gear ratios no. on NASCAR radio every day. It does seem to take a while to spool those suckers up. I don't know. Well, that's really about all we've got, or I've got to say about Martinsville. It's, it's, it was not a good race. I think NASCAR fans as a whole think it was a bad race. I haven't heard. Even the media people have just – nobody's hiding the fact that something needs to be done. I guess I'm curious to see how NASCAR responds. They haven't yet. They will. I mean, they have to. They have no choice but to respond. They haven't told us what Brad K. did to his car to get him fined. It was something on the rear bumper. I did see that. It was something on – what did he do? They modified it. <laughs> there you go. What, they, what more do you need? Can't they give me a PowerPoint with arrows? This has been changed. Come on, because else. you know tomorrow we're going to have a whole day of powerpoints at our corporate meeting. Oh, we got two days of LB powerpoints. <sighs> Fun times. So who was the loser bomb over the weekend? Ty Gibbs. Ty Gibbs. He showed all the fans that what they've been saying is right. He's a spoiled, privileged, entitled little. That's, but that's what he came off as, a whiny little brat. Like, I didn't – I run you into the wall, and it's okay. You touch me, I'm we're fighting. I mean, he even said, I probably have one owed to me. Now, maybe – He got it. Maybe he meant from Nemechek. But, you – I mean, you say that openly, you should expect to get it. So, you, if you give it every weekend, you're going to get it back. And it's not going to take long before you get it back. You know, I feel bad for Sam Mayer. I feel like he was protecting Ty Gibbs by not beating the snot out of him. I mean, I just thought about it. You got two... You got an 18-year-old and a 19-year-old kid. I mean, they're they're kids. But that's what sucked for Ty. Ty is now the bad guy. He's going to be the heel forever now. But he needs to embrace it, right? Just well, embrace it. He has to it. now. Like Kyle Busch. It's worked for Kyle. Look at Kyle. When they boo him, bow down. Yeah, I mean, Kyle probably lives in a house almost as big as Denny's. I don't know. You think Kyle? I've seen a TikTok video from Cal. It doesn't look like... I saw that. He was in a Speedo. Is that the one you're talking about? Yeah. It looks kind of like it fit in uh, Denny's Denny's garage or something. (laughs) No, he's got a house on Lake Norman, I'm sure. Oh, uh, it looked like it might be five, 6,000 square feet, not 33,000. Might be his second home. You know, my son goes to school and uh, went to school. He graduated in Boston for college. And we'd drive past Lake Norman all the time. And I finally realized that I found Denny Hamlin's house on Google, Google Maps. And I turned to the satellite view. Layers is what it's called now. And I realized what I thought was a Walmart <laughs> lakefront was actually Denny's house. Ain't nothing like a lakefront Walmart. Yeah, I was like, wow. That is the most, Walmart's got some money. That is the most <laughs> redneck thing I've ever heard. Man, we only shop down yonder at the lakefront Walmart. Yeah, we got Monday. Tell you what, boy. I <laughs> get my tars changed, my oil did. They got boat gas. <laughs> they ain't got no farm truck diesel. They got boat gas. <laughs> Down yonder, lakefront Walmart. Come on by. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. Well, we're going to Bristol. Is that Bristol a good dirt. thing or a bad thing? I haven't decided yet. Oh, man. You know, it's Bristol dirt. But the one thing I don't want when I go to Bristol dirt is dirt in my hotel bed. Ooh, there is some dirt in the hotel beds, Brad. Do you know Candace L.? Candace, I don't know. I can't say I've ever met her. Well, she wasn't at a race. She was at a wrestling match. That's one of the big R's. Yeah, at the Days Inn <laughs> by Wyndham. Wrestling at? In Bristol. Wait a minute. Are they wrestling at the Days Inn? I'm not sure. Let's let's find out. She says, my boyfriend and I stayed here for a wrestling tournament with our son. And never again. What does that mean? Just and never again. The staff was friendly upon check-in. 
that was about it. Nope. You had people coming and going all hours of the night, slamming doors, and several drug deals being made on the premises that I did see. Why well, did she know there were drug deals? It could have been Uber Eats. Yeah. Or DoorDash. Or, you know, sometimes beef jerky's hard to come by. Maybe they she were said the sick. staff was friendly upon check-in, but that was about it. Well, what the hell else you want? I don't want well, the staff in my room. Apparently, her next sentence is not to mention the police sitting in the auto parts store next door. Both nights watching the place made it feel very reassuring. What? The ho- she was reassured that the cops were watching the drug deals? Uh-oh. Sounds like the cops need to be doing some. The room needs some updates. I realize they are trying to do renovations, but when you have the maintenance man making drug deals on your property with the visitors and guests staying there, it's not a very pleasant look for a business. Also, I went down to the Shell station to buy some drugs, I mean drinks, and was informed by the cashier after making small conversation with her that they police, I think she meant the, yeah, definitely. are always there and always watching the place because it's a very hot spot for drug dealers and drug users. If you can spend more money and find someplace else to stay, we come here a lot for different sports tournaments and are involved with a lot of different sports organizations. And I will personally share my experience with every single person I come in contact with if they are looking for a place to stay in Bristol. Literally, the only nice thing about this was the staff at check-in. All right, for one, that's important. I mean, we've heard of staff walking in the room, going through their clothes, staring at them. It seems like all the hotels broke into your room while you were at the race. We've had rude staff at the Beach House Inn that – Literally, if that would have been the only nice thing about that place, it would have been the only nice thing about that place. So It would have made it a little better. She gave it a one out of five. I mean, yeah. shouldn't you have given it a two for nice staff? Well, but then you got the maintenance guy selling drugs. Which begs the other question, why did she walk to the Shell station to buy drugs if he's selling the drugs at the, at the hotel? Well, we're at this convention center in Dallas. We don't know who the maintenance man is. How does she know who's the maintenance man? There's like a thousand people at this hotel. There's probably 12 at that one. So maybe yeah, this, this is not the day's end. Maybe the guy, know. maybe the guy who has on like the belt with the plunger hanging out of it and toilet brush on the other side and a wrench, or maybe he's got a shirt on that says I'm the drug dealer. Well, I went down to the concierge and asked him if he had any drugs, and he gave me two bare aspirins. But that's what I meant, anyway, because I had a headache. It's a very nice guy. But we're at a Hilton, not a Days Inn by Wyndham. Maybe. Could you imagine all of us at a Days Inn by Wyndham? (laughs) Oh, my God. We would have never got checked in today. Have you ever met Sandy H? She used to go to Bristol races all the time. I did, and I think... She might have been two rows up from us one time. Uh, she had on a Bravo N t-shirt. Oh, wow. So it could have been her. Did she work there? Well, no, she doesn't work there, but she stayed at the Bravo Inn. And the first thing she's the very first word, it was one out of five, Sandy H, <laughs> by the way. But she just goes with body fluids left on bed cover. Do huh. not stay here. I think somebody sneezed on it. My husband and I, what if it was her husband's body fluid? Maybe it was their body. And I booked this room as a last-minute stay for the Bristol. Hey, they're NASCAR people. You're right. You saw her. Bristol NASCAR. Oh, you're Sandy H. Two rows up, turn three. The rate was 175, which really doesn't sound that bad. Meh. The room was so nasty that we were only there for about five minutes and left at 2 a.m., and just drove the hour and a half all the way home. They missed the race? They're not real fans. Yeah, that's... I would have slept, slept in my in car. car. Yeah. I mean... You can, you can, you know, if you so, want to do your hair or whatever, you can... I've washed hair at a race in a sink in the bathroom. Yeah, suck it up, Buttercup. This yeah. is the Bristol right, night Her race. Her husband let them drive back home? Hell no. 
Maybe were. they maybe they is an hour and a half all the way back home. Maybe they just made the hour and a half drive the next morning to the they race. They left at two a.m. though. Yeah, but it's a night race, so maybe they just drove yeah, up the next right. day. This was six months so, ago, so it yeah. would have been a night race. Yeah, well, let's not shame her. Well, she also says <laughs> that there were stains and cigarette burns on the bed cover. The pillows were brown and stained. There were no covers on the outlets. <laughs> and what appeared to be blood on the walls. Oh, and the bathtub. Don't even, Don't even get me started. The hotel refused <laughs> to give me a refund the next day. I, I wish you would have got started on the bathroom. Yeah, what happened with that bathtub? I bet it was rusted out at the bottom. You could see eyeballs like uh, at the yeah, beach house like end. Saw it. <laughs> a little whisker sticking out. in down in Daytona. I would have spoke with an attendant before we left, but like I said, it was 2 a.m. There was no attendant. The manager stated that sign. I think she meant sense. Yeah, it's Bristol. I'm going to just... Well, go no, I can get sued, I think, if I don't read it as she wrote it. That sign, I stayed beyond midnight that he couldn't offer me a refund. I didn't even get there till after midnight. She's got a point. So she was there for two hours. I mean, that lady wasn't going to give us a refund, and we were there for five minutes. Yeah, but they were just running a scam, dude. They were... Oh, yeah, she had that room booked. You only got your refund because they rebooked the room when we left. Yeah, they probably stayed for an hour. And they said, we're not going to refund They booked you. that room six times in uh -huh. one night. That's their gimmick. And they didn't give any refunds. That's the, maybe that's what these hotels want you to do. If they leave and we don't give them a refund because there's a dead body in their room. We'll book it again. Then we can book it again. And they'll leave. And then we can book it again. That's how you get $600 a night for a day's end. That's why Patel was so happy. We got another Wyndham here. Wyndham is all over Bristol. Another day's in. Days in suites by Wyndham in Johnson City, which Johnson City is a little further away. It's a Travis Tritt song, isn't it? Is it? Sounds like one. I spent a day there that seemed like a month when I had a car breakdown. Yeah, hey, we were driving. To, I, I was know, at a brothel. We were driving to the Bristol race one time, and we stopped at this gas station, and off to the side, like built onto the gas station. Well. They took a little storage shed and butted it up against the gas station and made an entryway to walk from the gas station to the storage shed, and they had drive-through dentures. Wow. Get your dentures at the drive-through at the gas station, which was also a liquor store. Well, you know, back in the day, you didn't go to dental school. You just kind of did it with another dentist, and then he would bestow on you the title of dentist. I mean, they still do that up in the Appalachia. I mean, I mean, we're from the Pine Barrens of Georgia. We don't. Yeah, we don't know how them Appalachian folk do it. No, but we always had pine cones to brush our teeth with. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, she says, run away. It took 40 minutes to check in because of computer glitches. I didn't even know they had internet up there. That's why it was glitching. I finally got my key card and drove around back to find my room. The back of the hotel had so many people walking around in and out of rooms. It looked like a drugged in brothel situation was going on. How, I've never been to a brothel or a drugged in. How would I know what it looks like? How does she know? What well, could be a he, CW. Because he'd been to one. Is there one around Bristol I don't know about? Well, if you've never been, obviously you don't know about it. Well, she didn't I'm, feel safe at all. I would think if you have a drugged-in brothel, you need to have some bouncers there. to Security. Yeah. So we know now it wasn't a drugged-in or a brothel because there was no security. But she didn't feel safe. I mean... No flipping way was I staying. Oh. Got in the car and took off. Did she flip them off? Well, she said no flipping way. So yeah, she, she was not flip. flipping anybody. Threw the key card out the window on the way out. See, that makes her no better than them. Yeah. 
found another hotel 15 miles away. That's a long drive. What a world of difference. Yeah, well, you're in another state. I don't care I was out the money or points. My life is more important. They have points at the day's end. I don't... That's interesting. What what was it when we ran to when we ran away from the butthole in and Daytona? The The beach hell in. The Acapulco? The Tiki Doll... What was that? Was it a Best Western? Or yes, was it, a, it was a Best Western. Was it by Wyndham? No. I would like to stay there next year when we go to 24 Hours of Daytona without going to a crappy hotel first to see what our real opinion is. It doesn't matter, though, because it, <laughs> it was good enough to yeah, shower and shave in. I still have PTSD from the beachfront. Yeah, I'm still... Beach. Beach Hole Inn or whatever. I'm, I'm itching now just repeating the name of the Crack Hole Inn. Man, that was nasty. But here's the thing. She threw the key card out the window. That's what's bothering That's me here. That's polluting and she admitted it. Well, it's not even that. It's just State Patrol. makes you know better than them. You know? I mean, just take the dang key card home with you. Don't throw it out inside the road. And I've got one more. It's called... The Evergreen Motel. <laughs> that sounds nasty. It sounds nasty. What's her name? It's Kayla Gross. <laughs> you think she just Which put is that? nasty, too. I mean, gross. But don't, I mean, I've left reviews. Maybe it's Grasse. Do you give, I, well, I, my Google account's so old, I just put my name. Yeah. So. Your whole name's on there, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> When you late one. And unfortunately, <laughs> you're going to find me if you call someone with the same last name. If you don't get me, you're going to get a cousin, and they're going to say, oh, oh that's mean, my cousin in Georgia. Let you me mean give my other, number. The other James. Yeah. Hang on. So here we are at the Evergreen Inn. Doesn't it bother you when we read these every week to find crappy hotels? What's the point of saying, if I could put zero stars, I would? Because you can't. You can't. And if you're on Google reading reviews, you know you can't if you leave reviews. Just a pet peeve. Maybe that's why they do it. But she says, if I could get put zero stars, I definitely would. Would not recommend to anyone, especially if you have children. We stopped here for the night and went in the room and checked it out first. Before we even went in the room, the old man I assume lived there asked me for $3. He lived in the room. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I would have left an RV. That's why it's the Evergreen Motel. Which I declined. I declined and told him I didn't have any more cash on me. We went in the room, and there was a hole in the middle of the floor. Oh my god. <laughs> I love this hotel. I don't want to stay there, though. Did the old man pop out of the hole? <laughs> and then she says, We checked the beds for beg- Bed Big D. What is Big D? <laughs> Did she misspell bed bugs? Was she so aggravated when she left she couldn't type in things? She found dead cockroaches under the mattress and sheets. I'd rather find them dead than alive, though. We looked at the pillow. There was a long black hair on the top of the pillow. Apparently, they didn't clean the sheets or any netting. Ooh. Maybe she got some crack at the other hotel. Maybe. I looked at the bottom of the bed, and there was a big dirt spot on the sheet. And this isn't even the worst of it. <laughs> oh, my God. It gets worse. Well, she actually spelled it worse. <laughs> but anyway. Say it worse. We opened the fridge, and there was a cockroach in the fridge. Was he getting a beer? That <laughs> was still barely alive. We looked beside the fridge, and my boyfriend thought he seen something go underneath. <laughs> Not underneath, underneath. These are locals. Oh, yeah. This was their honeymoon. They rolled out of the mountains. <laughs> to the Evergreen. They gave you the underneath of the bed. So after it ran underneath, guys, you can go to Google and find these. It's just hilarious. Yeah. It's underneath it. So he moved the fridge over. A lick key. Oh, dude, <laughs> these guys are from there. 
Olitki. Olitki. Yeah, Olitki bit <laughs> to look. And sure enough, he did see something go underneath. <laughs> when he moved the fridge over just a little, there were hundreds of cockroaches just scattering everywhere. I freaked out and said, let's leave. And he grabbed a bag of R to go. Was that DoorDash? Did they have Hillbilly DoorDash? <laughs> Here's your middles. <laughs> and go out the door. There was a damn cockroach on the damn bag that we had just bought. Brought in five minutes before it got on the vittles. Then as we walked out, the old man came back out and asked us for $3 again. Is this old man in the damn room? My boyfriend went and got our money back. But the manager asked if we would like a king bed instead. Mm, No. We got our refund and the old man came back to us again as we were leaving and asked for quarters. We left and went to the Days Inn on Exit 7. We just reviewed that one. <laughs> oh, God. I'm sitting here now three hours and a shower later and still feel nasty. I bet, after just staying in that Days Inn. In the Evergreen Hotel. It was disgusting. And the people who live there are sketchy as well. Will not be coming back. You know what? This goes to prove your point, though. These people stayed at the Evergreen Inn, had an old man popping out of the hole in the middle of the floor... <laughs> Then, the then, 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 <laughs> was it Andy Griffin popping out? Then they, Barney. Then they go over to the Days Inn, where the lady just threw the key card out the window. They got a room for free. <laughs> and then they go stay. But to prove your point, we stayed at the Beach House Inn, left there, and went to the Best Western and thought we was at the Hilton. Yeah. We was in High Cotton. <laughs> Damn. Oh, my God, dude. That was horrible. Why is this dude living in their room? <laughs> and why is he I wish he would have given us a room number. I would have asked to see it before I paid for it. Didn't I he just have... like to meet this guy. Like, I imagine him looking like Johnny Appleseed with a metal pot on his head. Play <laughs> <laughs> hey there, buddy. I'm you still... got three dollars. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out who Big D is. Yeah, I don't know. My wife will tell you that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> he looked in the bed for the BD. Big D. God, his name is an underneath. Underneath. <laughs> that big D ain't underneath it either. But there's some cockroaches underneath it. Oh my god! I lived in North Carolina in the. I was a a, a wee lad. Maybe the forties. I think it was like the late seventies, early eighties. And we were in Asheville. There were people that talked like this that was all out of the mountains. Yeah, I think now it's just rich people's cabins, but these people like didn't see other human beings that weren't related to them for years until they rolled down and went to the old Asheville Mall and watched a talk. <laughs> underneath it. Underneath. He seen something underneath it. Then he moved that fridge just a little bit. That guy looks a lot like Barney Fife underneath there in the hole in the floor. Why is there an old man sleeping in the hole in the floor? $3 for some vittles. <laughs> That's $6 total. <laughs> this man's breaking the bank. Do you think he got $3 from someone else and now he's asking for quarters to get dessert? I don't know, man, but I'm dying over here. I'm crying. I can't stop. I can just picture this old hillbilly hopping out of this <laughs> hole. Hey! I think I've met that guy. He's a deputy. We met him in the (laughs) Bristol campground one night. Have you noticed those people have either got educated or moved away, though? (laughs) The mountains aren't the way they used to be. No. I don't know. They're edumacated. Just a little bit. (laughs) Wow, I didn't talk. My grandfather graduated sixth grade. (laughs) But he's claimed in our county that's as high as it went back in the days. Hey, that's all they count to. They don't cut off four fingers at the sawmill. You have to go to eighth grade to be a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I better stop. Now I'm making fun of my own family. Hey, well, at least your family's not going to come up on stage and slap you. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. 
<laughs> Keep my wife's name out of your. Oh my God! Yeah, your family's knees are so bad they ain't ever getting up on that stage. That's what Larry the Cable Guy said. Well, he makes fun of his family. Their knees are too bad to crawl up on that stage and slap him. All right. Well, we're going to Bristol. We love Bristol. All right, so we're going to Bristol. Jamie, tell us some fun facts or some history or something you got. Share well, some knowledge with us. According to our last hotel review, <laughs> believe it or not, originally they proposed and to build this speedway in Piney Flats, Tennessee. Not Evergreen? Not Evergreen. So, Larry Carrier... And R.G. Pope are the ones that built it. It was in 1961 when they built it. You guys you just have to forgive us. We had to travel today. Travel day. We're literally sitting in our hotel room. We just got done working. We have to go back to work at, like, what, 6.30 in the morning? Yeah. Sounds about right. Shit. <laughs> well, that was fun facts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it cost them six hundred grand to build the thing. The entire layout was one hundred acres, and they had parking for just twelve thousand cars. It was always a half mile from the beginning, sixty feet wide in the straightaway, seventy-five feet wide in the turns. They were originally banked at twenty-two degrees. Was it dirt? was originally dirt. Oh, see. Seating capacity was 18,000. That's like row two. <laughs> the very first driver, not winner, but driver, was Tiny Lund in his Pontiac, July 27, 1961. Second driver was David Pearson. Third was Fred Lorenzen, who won the pole. With a speed of 79 miles an hour. 79.225. And Atlanta's Jack Smith won the the first the first one. <laughs> man, the first event. It's, it's Bristol, Tennessee, man. Don't be using the big old words like that. We need to go look into this. Do you, have you ever heard of Jack Thomas Smith? No. I wonder if we're related. He's from Atlanta. That's what it says here. We might be related. I'm from Atlanta too. I'm from the country south of Atlanta. Yeah. He, he settled in Roswell. I quicked on his Wikipedia. We know how true it all is. Have you ever been to Bristol? I have. That's probably one of the best races. We used to have, so my dad and his buddy had season tickets, and they used to allow me and my friend to go. So from about the time I was 18 till mid-20s, we went every year. Matter of fact, we went so religiously to the Bristol night race. This is all true story. I planned my wedding around the Bristol night race to be able to go. Did your to, wife know that? Oh, yeah. We, we pulled a calendar out. We planned our wedding around the night race at Bristol so I could go on our honeymoon and get back in time to still be able to leave on Wednesday with my dad and my buddies to go up to the Bristol night race. And we did. I mean, it was, we did that for years, and then they changed the date, which don't plan a wedding around a race because they will change the date on you nowadays. Back in the day, though, they didn't do that. Early 2000s, the 90s, everything was the same date. I got a little fun fact about Bristol. It's not something you're going to find on Wikipedia, but back in the early 2000s, they did this wonderful thing of putting wheels on the front of coolers. So, you get enough drunk people together. You give them a cooler with two wheels on the front and some motor oil. They put that motor oil on the bottom of that cooler, and they do what they call cooler racing down the hill. Now, if you've never been to Bristol, it's a mountain. It's a bunch of mountains, and Bristol's kind of like in the mountain. Remember, when I was a kid, there was a hill of grass that you sat on, too. Oh, no, it's all stands now. 
but that hill of grass might have been where the campground is now because the campground is straight down the hill except it flattens off at every road so you turn down the road and it's flat and it's got a little flat area and then you keep going downhill now all those flat areas were obviously built that way or cut into the side of the mountain because there's this is a hill it's it's a very steep hill so you'd watch these drunk guys get at the top of this hill lube their cooler up lay down on it and take off down this hill and they would cooler race now they would only go about four humps before they fell off and got road rash i mean it was it was insane man we we went to bristol they had this plane called the red barn you'd have to cut through the fence they had a fence that kind of cuts you off from the red barn but you go over to the red barn they had bull riding they had moonshine a lot of moonshine they had a bunch of things they had live music at the red barn i don't know if we were ever supposed to be in the red barn but you know we had we had a good time at the red barn um bristol was a fun race though we like i said we went to me and my dad and a buddy of mine went every year so you think the new car is gonna ruin it i hope not man i i don't know and this weekend like we said earlier is not really gonna make make much of a difference with this car i mean this car has a whole new dirt package they're running this weekend you know my statisticals for the bristol dirt race are like this joe Ligano finished first last year ricky stenhouse second denny third suarez finished fourth ryan newman fifth byron finished sixth tyler reddick finished seventh ryan blaney eighth eric jones ninth and chase elliott tenth that's it we've only raced here once um i would have expected when i read off that top 10 to see names like kyle larson and christopher bell but if you remember last year they decided to wreck each other at the very beginning of the race you've had people like larson running dirt track races already at bristol dirt on the late model races they've had before this before this weekend's race i i don't know what to expect but i would not have expected to see joey logano win last year so i think that's the key this year is expect the unexpected so i'm going with chase elliott for the win this weekend that's my main pick <laughs> and my dark horse is going to be daniel suarez i mean i guess and let's say suarez is my dark horse chase elliott is my main pick um William Byron, he'd be a safe bet. Tyler Reddick, Ryan Blaney, I think they would also be good picks for this week. Who do you got, Jamie? I'm going to go with uh, Kurt Busch. He's going to win it. Are you, like, infatuated with Busch? You seem to pick him a lot. Well, I figure if I keep picking him, eventually <laughs> he'll freaking win. Well, Kurt finished 16th last year here. And then my dark horse, I'm going to say Harvick's going to step it up. You know, we said that last week on the show, and, well, I guess Martinsville can't really count because Denny Hamlin. To be honest with you, I had to look at the leaderboard at the end of the race to see who finished where because I was just sleeping. Yeah, pretty much. With your eyes open? No, actually, they were closed sometimes. You didn't miss anything. My wife came in and said, can I watch a show? You're sleeping. And I'm like, yeah, I'm recording it, sure. No, I've got a podcast to do. I have to watch this boring crap. If you didn't notice or not, we didn't really complain about Fox on this episode. We both decided to skip pre-race. And I'll be honest, my Saturday was a lot better because we skipped pre-race. I mean, I, I wasn't as frustrated. I didn't get mad. So that's why we haven't complained about Fox. Um, if they're listening, though, when the top 10 drivers are running single file, but there's action going on back in the field, it's okay to show that action. Yeah, I'd like to see the 22nd car pass the 21st yeah. car. So if you're listening, Fox, just just know. That's but, our only advice. I mean, really, as we've said, we like the people that call the races. We think they're fantastic. We don't know who to blame. <laughs> I mean, who do we point the finger? We like the people in front of the camera. The producers. It has to be. 
they're deciding they're deciding the crap that gets on the TV. So, well, guys, like we said, we appreciate everything. We're out of town this week, had a work thing. So I hope this quality doesn't suck. I hope the show's pretty good. But remember to follow us on Twitter at Car Backwards. Follow us on Spotify. Make sure you rate us five stars on there. Subscribe to our show on the Apple Podcast and leave us a review. You know, let us know what you think about the show. Our website's racecarbackwards.com. Guys, we appreciate it. Let your friends know about it. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next week. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Race Car Spelled Backwards.